Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Power Your Life, and I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here, and it's so important to recognize that there are some amazing things happening all over our country, despite some of the challenges or many challenges that we've been experiencing, and what's important is that there are individuals stepping up, and many people stepping up helping others, building communities, making sure that other people get what they need in so many different ways. And it's, I believe it, it's so very important, especially today. And I have a very special guest that is going to talk to you about some of the amazing things that she's been doing as a military spouse. And I'm talking about Deborah Holland Pugh, who is president and the chief content officer of the Healthy Caregiver Community Foundation since 2000. In 2009, she was appointed to serve as the national campaign chair for the Women's Veterans Rock Advocacy Campaign. She's a retired military spouse of 27 years. Women's Veterans Rock is a coalition of women veterans and military families, and it's an organization and a women advocacy group supporting American women veterans and military families in the different areas of housing, employment, education, financial stability, family health, as well as wellness. In addition, Deborah Harmon Pugh is the show host of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill podcast. Under Deborah's leadership, Women Veterans Rock grew a national affiliate network of over 35,000 supporters, wow, and 250 plus nationwide community partners. She launched five signature programs, workforce, leadership development, and civil engagement. And these programs are the Women's Veterans Civic Leadership Institute, the Women Veterans Public Policy Delegation, the STEM Podcast, and the 2030 Commission for Women Veterans and Military Families. Women Veterans Rock is dedicated to preparing today's women as well as girls in military families for post-military civic leadership, business leadership, as well as non-profit leadership. Wow, Deborah Harmon Pugh, you are amazing. Welcome. How are you? Well, thank you for having me, Dr. Joanne White. It is just a pleasure to be with you at Power Your Life. Every time I get in contact with you, you bring such energy to the table. So thank you for having me, and thank you for a boost of energy today. 
Well, I I love the message that you bring and all the wonderful things that you're doing, and it's so important. So tell us a little bit, tell our listeners, firstly, how you got involved in Women's Veterans Rock and what your goals were at that time, because they've, they've succeeded so many expectations. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for asking that question. As you said, I am the president and chief content officer at the Healthy Caregiver Community Foundation. And back in 2009, our organization was enlisted to be a contractor in the Obama administration working on the Homeless Women Veterans Initiative. And it was in that effort that I discovered one thing that I didn't recognize myself as a military spouse, even though my husband had retired with 27 years of service. And working on the initiative where we were supporting and creating initiatives for women at risk for homelessness and women transitioning from military service and um, were actually in a situation of looking for housing, that's when I recognized that I had more of a connection to this community than not. So back in 2009, I began working as a um, government contractor. What That was not our first initiative in working as a federal contractor, but for that year, it was President Obama's Homeless Women Veterans Initiative. And um, in working in that space, I was really um, enlightened about how little I knew about women who served in uniform and how little I knew about how families that um, are military families with their loved ones on deployment in service to our country in uniform, how much sacrifice that they were making in support of freedom, in support of our um, our safety and our security. So You know, working... many people don't recognize and don't realize what happens after these people serve. And like you said, you were kind of astounded about what you've learned. Can you share a little bit of some of the challenges that military families, that women and men face after serving? Well, sure. There's this bridge that we have identified in our organization, and we call it a bridge of transition. And we hear that term often about men and women who have served in uniform transitioning from military service back into civilian life. And it's quite a bit of a challenge. And some of those challenges have to do with a lot of uncertainty about where they're going. There are health-related challenges, many of the ones that we hear often, which are some of the physical health-related challenges, and there's a lot of mental health-related challenges. And so when a person is served and they look to come back into civilian life, whether we're talking about something on the health scale, it could be uh, post-traumatic stress, it could be high blood pressure, it could be you know, heart disease, it could be a number of different physical health-related issues. And then, of course, when we look on the mental side about the challenges in being in any job where you're a first responder, we're talking about potentially depression, um, the proliferation in some cycles we see of suicide. We know that statistics show that um, veterans are um, st- statistically reported as suffering from as many as 22 suicides a day. That's a lot of suicides as a result of service to our country. 
So, and then in terms of mental health, we look at depression and isolation, and um, and then the whole challenge of going back successfully into civilian life as a productive whole individual that is supporting a family that's getting the job. So there's a, quite a bit of challenges. And one of them that, that you also support is, is, and I was surprised many years ago when I worked with someone to find out that many veterans have experienced after after serving homelessness. Why is that? Oh, ab- absolutely. And when in working with women who have served in uniform, whether they're men or women, there are unique challenges about reentry into civilian life. But women have very unique situations where they are faced with looking at more often than not having children that they have to provide care for. And when we look at the culmination of one, gainful employment, uh, income that can support a household, uh, children that are um, um, usually school-age children. And so when you look at that combination and that they are faced with the inability to be able to support a household, there's this whole spectrum of what we look at and we look at um, veterans either who are homeless or at risk for homelessness. We're looking for at situations where individuals may be sleeping from sofa to sofa to be able to uh, provide housing and, and coverage for their families, um, looking at staying with family and friends, looking at staying in shelters, looking at standing and potentially not even having housing at all. So there's a huge spectrum around the kinds of needs and support that we need to offer men and women who have served in military service. But here at Women Veterans Rock, um, we look at our five pillars of our organization. And the five pillars of our organization would be housing, employment, education, financial stability, and family health and wellness. And those pillars come from our exposure to what the needs were when we were working on President Obama's Homeless Women Veterans Initiative. And we began to learn about many of the challenges and that whole spectrum of challenges that exist. And and I'll have to tell you, um, Dr. Joanne, when we looked at putting together our five pillars for this advocacy initiative, it was on the heels of our very first event that we held in Washington, D.C. And it was a, uh, a work event, and it was looking at ways in which we could create a, a, a bridge for those individuals that were leaving military service or who had left military service and they were unsuccessful in reconnecting to services. And we put together a job fair. And at that job fair, it was in the 2010 census, our goal was to be able to see how many women veterans we could get connected to jobs. And there was one woman who just had a very striking appearance. She was a technical professional in military service. She had interviewed very successfully. And we thought that here's another time that we go ring the bell because we had another very experienced, educated, and capable uh, woman veteran to be able to get a job. I saw that young lady some months later, 
and I was in Washington, D.C. on um, walking across the actually um, one of the malls there in, in, around the Capitol. And I saw her, and I asked her, how was, her, how was she doing and how did her job come along? And this was in August of the year that we thought that she was placed in March. She said to me, well, I just started on my job. And I thought, you just started. I thought that you were placed after a series of very successful first and second interviews. And her response was, I didn't take that job. And I thought, oh, my, that was a great job offer. What do you mean you didn't take that job? She said, you didn't realize it then, but I was homeless. She said, I didn't look like I was homeless, but everything that I owned was in the trunk of my car the day that I had a series of interviews with you. And there was no way that I could take a job and not know where I was sleeping that evening. So homelessness comes in a whole spectrum of, of impact on women's lives. You know, it's so amazing, too. I mean, Women's Veterans Rock does some incredible stuff. So one, like you said, one of the things was actually helping with this job fair. But what else do you do to prepare women and girls in, in military families? What other kinds of things do you folks offer that can help them move forward in their lives? Well, I am so excited to share that with you because the story I just shared with you was something in the early days of putting together the Women Veterans Rock Advocacy Campaign. We have grown immensely since then, and not just grown in numbers or our capacity or our geographic outreach, but we've grown in experience on how we can be there. So thank you for asking me some of the ways that we support women veterans, women and girls in military families. And largely, one of our biggest, most impactful initiatives is the Women Veterans Civic Leadership Institute. It began on the campus of Chestnut Hill College, and we started a half-day program of preparing women in terms of how do they find their next successful station in life. Because we're not looking at individuals who are not trained, who are not um, do not have formal education, what they don't have is they don't have a pipeline, a pathway, and a network. So what we do at the Women Veterans Civic Leadership Institute is our priority is preparing women and girls for post-military public leadership. And what we've discovered is we've had a tremendous amount of success in getting them prepared to get promotions on their jobs and look at new careers. Um, for those who are starting nonprofit organizations, how can we support them in the development and the infrastructure of their nonprofits? And then there's a fair number who want to give back from a civic leadership standpoint and go into public leadership, sitting on boards of of, of um, community uh city councils or sitting on boards of their local school district or their public library, we have found that when you look at women who have served in uniform, it is a whole spectrum of talent and willingness to transfer the spirit of military service into a spirit of civic engagement. And, you know, it's so wonderful because they can be aligned, the military service and civic engagement, and, and people often don't see how they fit together so beautifully. The dedication that military families, women experience is, is amazing. Think about what they have to go through in terms of 
sometimes even having to be at the front line in in war and and having to like you were talking about earlier coming back with post-traumatic stress, with challenges and other kinds of things. And again, women having to raise their families and be able to move forward. The connection, the dedication and the service is just, to me, just beyond incredible. And I'm just so glad that you guys are doing all that to really help this these women and girls. What struck me is that this you have this, excuse me, Model Cities program. Can you share that? Because I think that that's so wonderful, and I and I want our listeners, Deborah, to learn so much more about that. Well, Women Veterans Rock is a very robust community, and I just have to say that we have been honored to represent these talented women. And I had, and it's important for us to. Um, really specify that when we're talking about women veterans, we're talking about women who have served on all levels from enlisted to we actually have in our community several two-star generals. So we're talking about enlisted, non-commissioned officers, commissioned officers, and all of them share the same level of enthusiasm of how do we give back, how do we grow, and how do we move on in productive civilian lives. So this whole thing about our model cities grew out of the Women Veterans Civic Leadership Institute. I want to share with your listeners that the Civic Leadership Institute is for women vets and JROTC cadets. The reason why we work with women and girls is because I thought, Dr. Joanne, that when we looked at the JROTC program, which is a program that is embedded into high schools and it is supported and sponsored and funded by the Department of Defense, I thought that they were taking um, individuals, young boys and girls, who wanted to prepare to go into the military. But I was wrong. The JROTC program is preparing individuals to become civically engaged, to become civic leaders. So it was perfect. So this institute, Women Veterans Civic Leadership Institute, we have an intergenerational environment. We have women veterans at all levels, commanders, colonels, lieutenants, brigadier generals, major generals. Um, that are contributing and being mentors while they are growing themselves. And so from that, we created the STEM Civic Leadership Institute for JROTC cadet girls, looking at ways in which we could get girls in underutilized or underrepresented communities of science, technology, engineering, the arts, and mathematics, and our STEM Institute started in the Philadelphia and D.C. metro area schools. About a year ago, we were recognized by the very prestigious William Penn Foundation that our STEM program is a model program. It is a model program that helps youngsters, JROTC youngsters, stay in school, be successful in high school, graduate from high school, and successful admission into college. And when we looked at how we were recognized by the William Penn Foundation that we were a model program, we began looking at how do we replicate the success in other cities. So right now we have a program, an initiative called Model Cities Program. The Women Veterans and the STEM 
the Civic Leadership Institute is currently in the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C. metro area, Alexandria, Virginia, Chicago Heights, Illinois, and Detroit, Michigan. So we have replicated the success of the STEM Civic Leadership Institute in five cities. And this has become a model that as we continue to grow, we will continue to replicate. So can you talk a little bit more specifically about what that model entails, Deborah? Well, sure. Um, when we as a country went into this um, remote learning working environment as a result of the national or the, uh, the global pandemic, we began putting our STEM Institute online. And so what that involves is, uh, particularly since we now are spread throughout the mid-Atlantic region, we have a monthly forum that is dedicated to leadership and development and civic engagement. And we followed the framework of our STEM environment, but we tweaked it ever so slightly. So over the course of the past uh, several years, of course STEM, S stands for science. We found that the youngsters in the program were very interested in learning more about the pandemic, about long-term um, effects of COVID and how does that affect lives and families. And in that science environment, it really evolved into a health environment for girls that were interested in reproductive health, for girls that was interested in looking at knowing their numbers, whether we're talking about uh, uh, heart disease or diabetes or cholesterol. So we had the S for STEM, which is the science piece. T for technology, we were teaching and elevating their sense of expertise in remote learning. Also teaching them about the importance of having a, a digital footprint that is going to follow them into college and to their jobs and learning about um, having a certain level of savvy in the social media environment. Um, e is for engineering. In Women That Drop or our STEM Institute, we evolved the E into engagement. And so we have a very extensive civic leadership training initiative about teaching them not just about the military, not just about all these other careers, but how they can be great citizens in our global society. And M, which is for mathematics, in our STEM Institute, it's about money management and wealth creation. We teach them about the stock market. We teach them about the Dow Jones and the NASDAQ. And so we give them a well-rounded environment, and we allow them to learn and to lead. This past summer, we successfully completed our first emerging board of leaders where we have a mini board of directors that is led by cadets and staffed by cadets. And so we're very proud of that. The, the achievements are, are, are just amazing. What are you, what's the feedback that you get from women veterans and from their families, from everything that, that you guys have been doing to really help them move forward in, in so many different arenas of life and business? Well, there are several measures that we look at, and from the esoteric level, something that is a bit um, um, intangible, but we know that it's there, we call it the spirit of Women Veterans Rock. 
And the spirit of Women Veterans Rock shows us that we have a tremendous level of success. We have, first of all, the, the, the women that are a part of the Women Veterans Rock community, they are successful. They are engaged. They are looking to become successful. So we become mentors for one another. I have one um, uh, member of our leadership team. She came to one of our forums, and she says, oh, my, there's more doctors in this room than are in the, in the emergency room. So what happens is peace around education, we encourage and support them. Many of them are either going back to school for continuing education for undergraduate degree, um, um, have an undergraduate and master's program, and we have a growing group of those who are in Ph.D. programs. That's one success measure in terms of the education piece. The other piece is in terms of business ownership. How many businesses are developing and, and how many businesses are flourishing? I had a call from one of the participants in our first cohort, which goes back to maybe 2015, 2015. She has a nonprofit organization. She is an early childhood education, and she does this whole proliferation of stuff around supporting families and children. Um, and she reported that her business is now at 750000 and on its way projected to be about $1.5 million by the end of this year. Fabulous. So there's another measure that's business development. We've had several people run for office. So it is a very robust, diverse kind of community that we find that we get feedback for. And we also still provide a place for women and girls to have a soft place to land. And we have expertise from soup to nuts, whether we're talking about nursing, education, medical doctors, lawyers, business owners. It's just a very eclectic and, and supportive group. How do women's veterans find out about you? How do they know where to go and how to connect, especially sometimes feeling a sense of isolation or going through their physical and or mental challenges. We encourage all of your listeners, whether they are veterans, reservists, National Guard, military spouses, and military moms too, to join us at womenvetsrock.org. You can Google our name, Women Veterans Rock. We have a very active and engaged uh, digital community, and you keep hearing me say Women Vets Rock community, Women Vets Rock community. We don't see ourselves as an organization or a company. We see ourselves as a community of women and girls. So at womenvetsrock.org, they can uh, learn about our organization. They can become a supporter of our organization. They can also become a donor of our organization. WomenVetsRock.org is where they can find us seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and I encourage them to listen to our podcast to learn more about the amazing things that women who are in uniform as reservists, women who are still in active duty, and women who are veterans, what they are doing in their post-military lives. Beautiful. Professor Deborah, tell us what the, the Women's Veterans Rock on the Hill podcast is about. I've been actually honored to be on, on the show. Tell our listeners so that they can also get a hold of that as well. 
Well, Winning Vets Rock on the Hill, the podcast, is a place that we just love and adore, and we thank you, Dr. Joanne White, for being one of our more popular guests on our show. And Women Veterans Rock on the Hill is a concept that grew out of our public policy day. Every year we take women and girls to Capitol Hill to be able to meet legislators, talk to legislators, and share some of their recommendations about policies that can improve the lives of women, veterans, and military families. So it grew out of that. But what is so amazing and so exciting, we get a chance to show the veterans community, show the women veterans community, and show our society at large that these are some amazing, dynamic women. And so we have a community literally now that goes from shore to shore. Um, uh, We just added on the Pacific Northwest up in Washington State. And so we just have all of these regions around that we get a chance to show that there's women around you. You may not even know that they were a veteran. They are in your supermarket. They are teaching your Sunday school classes. They are teaching your kids in school. They are um, selling you homes or your real estate agents, your lawyers. We are integrated into our society. And what Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast, does is demonstrate how amazing we have these women in all areas and station of our lives. You know, it is incredible. And what's so interesting and eye-opening, like you're saying, Professor Deborah, is that we aren't even aware, many people aren't even aware of the responsibilities and all of the engagements that former veterans, well, still veterans, but people that have served and people that are of military families and even the girls, their involvement and their engagement in all walks of life. And we, like you said, we, we just don't know it. But I'm so glad that there's this eye-opening realization because it's important to recognize, number one, how our women's veterans have served and are continuing, and that's key, continuing to serve our communities, our, our institutions, our nonprofit organizations, and you know, in every area of our life. And it's so important, and I want to give you and your organization and communities credit for helping women, because I know firsthand from from someone that I've worked with who actually came out of war and had to go through some of the challenges that you've been talking about and initially could not find, this is years ago, could not find the help and the support that she needed. And, and here you guys are doing this for so many people, so many families, so many girls, so many women who really need that support. And when they get that support and they get that engagement and and education and connection, they are doing such incredible contributions to our country, to our world, and, and to really raise others 
beautiful way. So so I just appreciate all that you folks are doing. Tell our listeners, Professor Devin Horn-Pugh, how they can get a hold of you, how they can find out more about all the programs that, that you are doing, not only you, but, but the organizations and the communities. Well, I am delighted to be able to share that with you. They can find out more about us at Women Veterans Rock. And our website is womenvetsrock.org. And I have to let our listeners know that when we came up with the framework of the name of our organization, Rock is not about music. Rock is an acronym. And that acronym stands for Researching for Outcomes, Causes, and Knowledge. And Women Veterans Rock is Researching for Outcomes, Causes, and Knowledge so that we can grow a post-military community that can be supportive of military families, that can help to uh, be engaged in the success of military families. And like you said, Dr. Joanne, they are all around us in every station of life. When we look at the military, there's over 125 different professional-level uh, careers that come out of the military. And whether they are scientists, environmentalists, or doctors, or real estate agents, they're all around us. And I am honored to be an ambassador to, as a military spouse to be able to create a platform so that they can see themselves and the world can see these are some amazing men and women. And so at Women Veterans Rock, um, they can find us on any platform, and I encourage them to listen to this amazing, fun podcast called Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast. Thank you for asking. Well, thank you so much for all that you do and for the incredible support that you give to women, girls, and their families and and. And not only that, that their the support extends so far the reach that you that you have, and not just you, but but Women's Veterans Rock is is incredible. And thank you for helping, because you know what, I've been involved with with Women's Veterans Rock. This is the first time, truly, that I've learned what Rock stood for. So thank you for that. <laughs> That's really important. You are amazing. You are a blessing to all of us and not just women veterans and their families and girls, but all of, all the all that you do and all the dedication and service that you have. So thank you so much, Professor Deborah Harbin. Well, thank you for having me. And once again, I am honored to be an ambassador for military families when we look at this community collectively. And I just want your listeners to know that uh, uh, those men and women who serve in uniform are serving on the other side of uniform service, and they're serving in many different capacities. And we need to respect them, we need to honor them, and we need to recognize them. It is my honor and pleasure to serve as an ambassador for military women and for military families. And you know what? You are doing an incredible job as an ambassador, so kudos to you, and thank you so much for being on Power Your Life show today. Well, thank you for having me on Power Your Life Radio. It has been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. You think about what Professor Deborah Harmon-Pugh said. 
and all of the wonderful work that Women's Veteran Rock is doing, and not just Women's Veteran Rock, but all of the military families, the women, all they are doing, not just serving, but beyond that, serving in our communities. And, and as Deborah said, you may not recognize that these women are in real estate or are forming nonprofits are working as doctors, are doing so many incredible things. And it's a tribute to these women for all that they do, for all that they've done, and for all that they continue to accomplish. So think about that and think about how you can make a difference in your life, Can you can even make a difference in other people's lives. And it doesn't ha- necessarily have to be some large steps that you take, but take a small step forward today to power your life in some way that makes you feel good, that even in some way helps another person. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's some level of support because we need to recognize that we can be a community that cares and that reaches out beyond our individual lives. Thank you so much for joining us today, and have a beautiful day. Take care of yourselves wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.